Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 44th episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Daniel Savage. Daniel is a designer and director based in LA. Daniel's work spans illustration, graphic design, animation, and motion design for clients like the New York Times, Herman Miller, Google, to name a few. Uh, He's also taught at SVA and NYU. Today on the show, we'll talk about Daniel's refined and tasteful approach to animation. We'll chat about his animation festival, Yule Log, and we'll talk about what it's like running mixed parts. Mixed Parts is a place to discover, share, and discuss what's happening in animation today and shape what happens tomorrow. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, man, we, we've got so much to talk about. Got to talk about Mixed Parts and Yule Log and some of the uh, incredible work that you've been putting out. Um, but first, I understand you just moved to LA, what, like a couple of months ago? Yeah, just about two months ago. Uh, big move from New York. Uh, grew up in New York. So, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that. What what kind of prompted that move? I mean, it's been, you know, what, your whole life on the East Coast now switching it up? Yeah. Uh, so it's just a combination of things. Weather is an obvious one. Um, I want to be in a big city, but I don't want the stress of New York. It's actually slightly more affordable here. Oh wow! It's I mean it's it's on its way up. It's it's like they're like catching up. But uh, the cool thing is getting out of New York. I guess I don't know. It's it was definitely more of a lifestyle thing than a career thing. But the career, it's a great place for career. So that's like an added bonus. And there's lots of stand up comedy here, which I'm a huge fan of. So you can't really beat that. So that's not something I'm going to miss from New York because it's plenty of that here. No, that's awesome. So, like, are you going to like bigger tours? Or are you going to smaller like comedy clubs? Oh, well, there's there's a place called the Largo nearby. I saw um, so far. I've seen Kevin Nealon, Dana Carvey, Zach Galifianakis, and I even saw Larry wow. David one night, which what? was incredible. Yeah, he's he's amazing. That's um, awesome. And then there's also like a uh, a small free show that I've been going. It's like every Thursday night that I kind of hit up uh, occasionally. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I've got some names to look up. I've been like really into like just hitting up the the comedy stuff on Spotify recently. But yeah, I've never still I've never been to a live comedy show before. Oh, really? Oh man. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, I imagine living in in New York and working in New York, um you've built up quite a big network there and then have have you felt like with this new move, have you had any difficulty kind of networking and and finding new work in LA? It's difficult in the sense that it, I'm starting from the the ground up. Uh, I actually, I, I looked at my LinkedIn when I moved out here and I had three LA contacts and tons of New York contacts. So I was like, all right, where, how am I going to do this? So it's, so it's really like, like re- when you graduate college, you're just hitting everyone up and you're uh, asking people to introduce you to other people and going to events. And it's cool because there's something about being, when you're when you're in a new city, you can be you can reach out to people that you normally wouldn't reach out to and be like, "Hey, I'm new here. Uh, I'd love to meet you." And it's a little less. It's like it's when you're in a city for so long and you reach out to someone, you're like you're the new guy. Like, hey, like it's like people are more willing to meet you because because you are the new guy. Oh yeah, definitely. So have you, has like I mean, it's been two months at this point, but I imagine like a lot of your New York contacts. Like I imagine you're still getting plenty of work from from the other coast still. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Most most of my work is from still from New York. Yeah, I did like a, a map recently of Santa Monica, which was they were looking for a like a LA local uh, illustrator, and it was like I still hadn't moved yet, and they were like, I was like, yeah, I'll be there next week, and they're like, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, so I got this print job, which I you know I don't really do too much print, which is is pretty cool. That's like a tabloid sized map of Santa Monica. That's cool. I mean, I, yeah, and I feel like you've been doing quite a few more, almost like straight up illustration work recently. Has that been like a conscious shift for you? Yeah, I think it's just about doing different things, and uh, it's just like a new outlet. I think animation is tough when you don't have a, a whole team backing you up. So illustration is just—I mean, I still approach it like a designer, I guess. Uh, but it's still—I don't know—it's it's really interesting to um, have a like react to an article. Uh, or something small, and you have you have to tell this story with just a single image versus having a whole a whole minute to animate it or something. I think I maybe saw you tweet about this, but like, how did you consciously like brand yourself for clients to know that they can come to you as an illustrator? I don't know. I think each client kind of looks at me differently, which is cool. Okay, recently, uh, uh, I did a small spot illustration for Vanity Fair. You know, just like a tiny, like couple inches big, and then they followed up with uh, a logo animation for their side, their side company that's called Hive. Um, so, so it's kind of interesting to for that one client to see me as someone who could do both. I feel like that's kind of rare, but I think that that's that's sort of where I, I want it to be, where people can be like, "Oh yeah, you can do this and this," uh, and we're going to get a good product. Out of, out of you. Yeah, I don't know. So, but even before that point, was there like, I don't know, I think that can be really tough, you know, as a, as a freelancer thinking like, oh, I'm an animator, but like, oh, like I kind of want to start uh, maybe getting some jobs doing illustration. Was there anything that you kind of prepped to kind of lead the way for clients to hire you for those things? Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely, it was definitely a conscious decision that I wanted to do more static images. I, there was actually a moment where I, I sort of took my entire website down. Uh, and I spent a couple months or a month or two on, uh, just drawing, I drew like 12 images and then that was all I put up. Uh, and that actually led to some work right away, which is really cool. Uh, and then I took that down because I wasn't happy with it again. And now I'm like, what, what's interesting is people come to me for illustration, but I think I get the job because I can animate as well. That is really interesting that you've you've kind of, I mean, I guess we're all changing up our websites pretty consistently, but like the decision to you know just have those stills that you just kind of took a break and and did on your website, I think like, I don't know, I think that's really interesting, and I think that that kind of shifted the work that you got. Does that seem right? Yeah, I think so. And it, it was the interesting thing too is after a, almost like a couple of years, people just completely forget about what you used to do, and they just they know you for what you're doing now. Which is is awesome. It's kind of like like Justin Bieber. No one thinks about him as like the cheesy teeny bopper anymore. That like people actually like his music now. So it's like you can or like Justin Timberlake is another. He like I feel like that's the formula that they both kind of just like the rebrand of and like doing more mature work, I guess, as you get older, and then and then people forgetting about the old work is really interesting. And then like new clients are just. Uh, anyone in general sees see your work and then they know your work for what it is now and they 
didn't even know about what you used to do. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. No, it is interesting. And it's also interesting from the perspective of like the fear of releasing work. Cause I feel like sometimes you're like, ah, like if I put this out there, is this what I'm, I don't know. Like, am I ever going to be able to do better than this? Or am I going to be able to like, just get, am I going to just going to get pigeonholed in this way? But I think you're a great example of someone who, I don't know, you, you've kind of successfully, you know, changed the style of your work over the years. And, and just like you said, like people are now coming, you coming to you for this. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just being able to communicate what you want to do with to a client. Um, I think it's, it's more so that than having a portfolio these days or like, you know, I mean like people like will look at your Instagram before they look at your website, you know, so it's, you can constantly evolve things slowly that way. And then that's what leads to the next thing, I guess. So do you almost view your Instagram as like an extension of your portfolio then? I think so. I think there's a lot of things that are, that I'm like proud of that I want to share that don't necessarily feel like full portfolio pieces. I think uh, like my, right now my portfolio is it's small. There's like, I don't know, four or five pieces on it, but each, each piece is like a, a big piece that I spent a lot of time on. Uh, and it, it just feels weird to me to put, like going back to this Vanity Fair thing I just did to put like a little uh, uh, illustration next to a, a two minute film. It just, it doesn't, it's like, why, why am I going to show this when I, there's like a hundred drawings in this one, in this one project, you know? So, so that's why I think that the, the Instagram is like a, a great way to, to show those projects off and show that, that versatility, I guess. I don't know. You touched on this a little bit. I mean, I looking at your website, you're right. There's, there's four, you know, not including mixed parts in Yulog, there's, there's only four projects on there. And I think that that is, is pretty bold. Could you talk about that kind of decision a little bit more? Yeah, I think it's, it's all about presenting the work that I, I want to be known for. There is also something kind of, there was a time when I didn't have any work on my portfolio. And I think that that was actually, it might've been one of my busiest years. I, a friend of mine did this too with uh, his company. Uh, but he said, it's like a, if a client comes to your website and there's nothing there, they think, what can this person do for me versus how do I fit into what this person does? Which I think is kind of interesting. Um, I guess, I guess as I like refine what I do, uh, it makes more sense for them to be like, how does this apply to me? But, uh, but I, that's just like a, a different way of thinking about it. Um, that's super interesting. So, how, so when people came to you and you had nothing, no work on your website, like kind of what was their, I don't know, like how did they know that you could do the work or how, how did they know that, you know, you're a great animator? Well, usually it was, um, by word of mouth and then like someone recommended me and then they they hit me up and say do you have any examples uh but then they tell you what you're what they're looking for and you can kind of craft your own mini portfolio specifically to them which is, st is still what i do now so it's like i have i have tons of examples of like you know icon work for websites and a little more corporate uh illustration and uh animation projects and so like if a client isn't really too excited about what I'm doing, but they still seem like someone that I, I want to work with, then I can show them all this other work. And then it's just like a proof that I can do it. And then usually leads to a project in that situation. So what does that look like when you send that kind of extra work to your, to your client? Uh, it'll be like something savage.com slash their name. And then it's just 
it'll be like a list of like four projects that aren't on my website. Nice. Well, I'd like to, to jump back a little bit in time. I mean, when when do you think that you kind of thought that you might be interested in animation and design and illustration as a, a career possibility? As a child, but then I kind of like, oh, I wanted to be an animator as a kid, uh, but then I lost, I lost my way, and it wasn't until uh, sophomore year of college that I decided that this is what I wanted to do. Oh, that's awesome. So, and I mean, you decided, I mean, we talked a little bit about this before, but like, I mean, you, you did go to school originally for, for music, right? I mean, like what kind of prompted that switch in your mind? Well, the music thing, the only reason I got into college was because I could play uh, the drums. I had horrible grades and it was the only, I only applied to one school uh, and I got in. So the music thing was this, this blessing to continue me in life. Uh, but but uh, the program that I got accepted to was kind of pretentious and like contemporary classical performance degree that it just I don't know it wasn't it wasn't really music I was interested in uh, it was learning how to play other people's music versus writing your own and like being it was just so so specific uh, and I kind of I kind of just lost interest in it and I guess it, I was like looking through the the book of majors whatever that the and I was like, oh, it was like, there was like a new media major. I was like, this sounds interesting. I was like, maybe I can get into video games or something. And then I like looked further and I was like, oh, well, there's a, uh, a graphic design program. Seems it was like a little more traditional. And that uh, seemed like I, once I got that foundation, I could apply it to whatever I wanted to. Uh, so that's kind of where I, my head ended up going. Yeah. And then did you kind of start to teach yourself animation within this kind of graphic design program? Yeah, uh, I got a copy of After Effects and just started messing with it. Um, this was like 2000, uh, I'm going to show my age now, uh, 2003. Um, and so there wasn't, there were hardly any tutorials. Uh, I think I, I had a copy of Adobe Classroom in a book and, and it was like, uh, what was Trish Meyer? Do you, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, it was like how to make broadcast design, but it was always like a super tacky, like glowy stuff. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I just kind of messed around with, with After Effects. And what I would do is just give slight movement to my, to my design, which I was getting the formal training in. And just by, just by adding that little bit of movement to it, it's like, uh, the, it became little five second pieces that I scrapped together to, to put in my reel. Um, and since the design was somewhat strong uh, for a student standard, it like didn't matter that the animation wasn't that great because the yeah, the design looked looked okay. So that that helped me get get a job, I guess. Yeah, that that reminded me a little bit. I think it was from an interview um, of you on on Motionographer talking about one of your pieces. Um, but it's it's funny to hear you say that. I mean, and just you know, it's a really strong, like well designed frame that has, you know, fairly simple and and minimal animations. Uh, and in the motionographer article, you 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 mentioned how it's like, oh, like you know, you, you get to know After Effects, and then you just want to throw everything in there. But I feel like recently, especially with with what's on your site, you've kind of returned to this like, I don't know, really refined and. Um, I don't know, tasteful, subdued animation. Um, and it's, and it's almost like you're, you're back to that core of, of when you started in school. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually well, interesting when I kind of look back at my schoolwork, it's 
closer to what I'm doing now than anything else I've done. And it was like, it was just this weird path that, and that somehow I ended up like, this is the type of work I was like, I should have been doing the whole time. And I just kept like chasing the carrot here and there. Do you think that there's any way that you could have, I don't know, maybe, maybe skipped some of those steps or, or are they all kind of worthwhile? It's definitely worthwhile. I, I mean, I have no regrets, but sometimes I, I think that if I, I, I've, I've said this before, I think if I got a, uh, after Comedy Central, like I, I refined my um, animation skills there and that was, and it was awesome. And I, and I was getting better at design as well. Uh, the creative director there was really good. And I learned from this uh, animator, his name's Sally, that he, he helped me a lot. Um, and then when I left there, it was almost like that was grad school. And I, uh, I left and I, and I went to, I became a, just a freelance animator because my animation chops were much stronger at the time. But what I should have done in hindsight was get a job at a, uh, a design studio. Uh, it would have been great to work with like hunter gatherer or so, someone that does like a min- minimal style like that. And that, that's what I, I wish I had done. But um, that's like the only thing that, it, but I, I, I don't know, but then I'm like, would I have done, got into interactive or would I have gotten into uh, making apps and stuff? You know, I don't know if that would have happened had I chased the design instead of the technology, you know, I, that's, that's something I kind of think about a lot. So yeah, I think, I think to answer your question, it, I think it was meaningful to kind of take those random side ventures. <laughs> so when you, when you say like, it would have been nice to have been at these places, is that more from like a, a learning perspective? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would have been great to have a strong art director to learn from, uh, who is like, who is all, like a designing art director. So that someone that was like, you were like one-on-one working with, um, in that, in that sense. Cause I would always get hired for after effects animation when I would come in, the design was already done. So I, I didn't get to really learn too much uh, from other people in that sense. So it was always me going home and doing it myself. Kind of in like off hours, like personal project style. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like side client, like getting my own client. That was like a, yeah, small project that I would just do everything from start to finish. That, that was a, a one way I kind of got better at design. So you were, you were at, at Comedy Central, kind of right out of school on their on-air design team. And then um, you kind of took a little little space of freelance. How long were you freelance for? Uh, besides one year where I went staff at this place called the Rockwell Group, I've been freelance doing my own thing my whole career. Well, let's let's take a moment and talk about that kind of break that you took. And you, you mentioned that you worked at a place that did some kind of interactive, kind of an architecture firm. Yeah, yeah, they're called the Rockwell Group, and they had a small uh, department within that um, called the Lab. And I was like the staff art director, and we worked on their the the big project we did. And you may have seen this because uh, Digital Kitchen worked on it as well. But um, we did the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. So the architecture firm did the entire interior design of the place. And then what we what we did was um, we we built these. Uh, well, I mean the the creative directors were mostly doing the the building of the. They made these. Uh, it was like eight giant columns with like three hundred monitors wrapping them, uh, and then it had like a two way mirror. And then uh, I came on to uh, actually take uh, Keetra Dean Dixon's place. She was the art director there. She got another job, so I, I came in and I uh, worked with. Uh, these screens and kind of uh, we, ca- we we came up with like 
four or five ideas. It was like um, uh, we did like the seasons and uh, I, I forget what else. It was kind of a long time ago, but uh, but it was really cool to uh, work with uh, creative coders and they would. So it wasn't there was no there were no keyframes involved. It was it was all generative art. And so I would kind of design style frames and then they would take it and make the uh, each time it played, it was completely a different visual, which was really cool. And so like one, one of the things was like the, there was leaves flying around and then they would form like a, a deer with that kind of form out of nowhere. I was, yeah, I was, it was really, it was pretty interesting. What like time about was this? What year? 2000, either 2009 or 2010. Okay. What well, do you remember? What, like, what were you guys working in? Like, what were they building it on? Uh, open frameworks. Okay, cool. Yeah. So did you take a dive like into like how, how far deep did you go into that kind of interactive creative coding world at that point? Uh, well, I did that for a year at the Rockwell group. And then I actually, uh, that's, I, I made it my, uh, my first app, which is called gift shop. It was like a, uh, it's actually one of the first gift making apps for the iPhone. Um, I left to kind of work on that a little bit and also to, Actually, that was right around when I wanted to get back into drawing. Uh, and then I, but I started working with this, uh, for, on a freelance base, uh, this company called V-Real. And they did, it was like taking the interactive thing, but they, uh, but they did it for the web. So it was kind of cool to, it might have been a, like a little backwards to go from a space to the web, but it was still trying to do interactive. I'm trying to, it's funny like talking about it because it was so long ago. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like remember what, where my head was at the time i guess looking back it was interesting because uh i i think maybe at the time uh animation like all the motion design studios were kind of doing the same thing and it was getting a little boring and then the interactive thing was really new, new and fresh and that's kind of what why i chased it and then i always say i always say that i chased the technology versus the the work that i wanted to do and that that's something I would recommend against. It's like people trying to do VR now. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. Like VR is, to me, uh, like what projection mapping was five years ago. It's like it's the new hot thing and everyone wants to do it, but no one's going to care about it in a, in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, I guess like Eulog was maybe kind of next after after all of that. So, um, for for those who might not know what Eulog is, can you just tell us a little about that and and what it is? Uh, yeah, it's just a it was kind of a, a dumb idea that turned into a big thing. It was uh, I was at my buddy's house. He had a, like a little party uh, in uh, I think it was like October of 2013, I think, and we were like flipping through. Uh, youtube trying to find the the original eulog and we couldn't find it and then it was just like well let's you know let's make our own it was like that type of why why doesn't this exist why, why don't we just do it ourselves uh and so i hit up a couple of people i'm like hey does this sound interesting to you and everyone was like yes this that's awesome let's do it um and it's it's funny because it's like it's kind of cheesy but it, that's kind of like the original one was kind of cheesy and that's uh, I think it's a, it was like an excuse for people to make cheesy things, you know, and have like, just like kind of let their hair down and have fun with it. Uh, it's kind of what I love about it, but, um, but yeah, it, it just kept growing and growing. Uh, and then last year we got it on the 
this the giant billboard in uh, downtown LA, and it was played on screens in malls. Uh, it was like I don't know five five hundred malls across America had had it on all their screens. It was just pretty crazy. <laughs> that is crazy, especially with like. Um, did you play all of them on all of the the malls in the malls and stuff? <laughs> no, there. If any that were like a little, I think uh, like Odd Fellows, yeah. like weird uh, <laughs> fire stick sex thing. Yeah. Like they they were like, this is great, but we can't. We yeah, can't we show can't this. show that. <laughs> I was like, I was imagining that popping up in malls like all across the states, and yeah, like, what is it's going like on? Yeah, out of context, it's just so weird. Yeah, no, but it's brilliant though. Oh my gosh, it made me laugh so much. But no, it's turned into this huge thing, and which is awesome. I mean, how many submissions did you guys get last year? We got not, over nine hundred applicants, and then we picked fifty wow. or sixty, something like that. That's insane. Kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, actually a funny story. Uh, my studio mate was like getting pizza, and he overheard someone complaining about not getting in. <laughs> Hate those guys. Didn't get in. <laughs> um, that's amazing. So how do you, how have you been working? I mean, it seems like it's being shown on all these places. Have you been kind of going out and brokering these deals? No, they, it was all uh, people saw it and asked if they wanted to do it. Wow. Um, I guess the billboard one was me asking if we could do it because uh, they had played my film on the bill on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Standard Vision is the name of the company. They did that uh, like a couple months earlier. So I was like, hey, by the way, I do this thing. And they're like, cool, let us know when it's ready. Yeah, that's awesome. So any any plans for the future on that? I mean, I mean, it, it seems like it's just only going to keep growing and the submission count's only going to get higher. And um, yeah, I mean, are we, we going <laughs> to continue to see Yule Logs every year? I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to comment on it now. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I can't imagine looking through 900 submissions. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, we split it up. So, I mean, it was, uh, this, the jury was Michelle uh, Higafox uh, uh, Jorge and, and, uh, uh, Justin Cohn. And, uh, I split it up. So they each got like 300. <laughs> That's uh, still so many. That's awesome. I know. I know. It's a lot. <laughs> it was, a, it was like the most diplomatic way to, to kind of go about it. And it's like each person put a star. If there, if there was like, uh, if you got a star, you went to the next level. And then, uh, if they got two stars, they went to the next, you know, it was like that, that type of thing, like keeping in mind, how uh, diversity and, uh, unique voices and enthusiasm, people who seemed like they'd be really excited to do it and stuff like that is uh, kind of how we, how they, how they pick the, the final crew. Yeah, that's awesome. Moving on to, I, I'd love to talk about mixed parts a little bit. I mean, that seems to be your kind of newest big um, venture outside of, of freelance. And um, so for anyone not aware of mixed parts, please tell us what it is because everyone should be on there. Um, we, we check it out every day and, and I love it. So yeah, tell, tell us all about it. Basically, uh, a simplified Reddit style website for animation specifically and uh, using voting user-generated content, <laughs> but it, it uses voting to, to push the, the best stuff to the top that that everyone's the most interested in. Um, and it's also kind of a, a great way to start a discussion. So, I mean, you could post a link that you found or a film, but then you can also start a discussion about uh, anything from, I mean, literally anything. So someone recently posted about snacks. What, what kind of snacks do you have? Do you have in the studio? Which I thought was pretty funny. 
But then you could also be more serious, like, uh, this client isn't paying me, what should I do? And people are just willing to give their advice and it's awesome. So how did this all start? I mean, this, I mean, come on, you're, you're managing essentially a, almost like a social network uh, of sorts, which is, I mean, it has to be an insane amount of work. So yeah, where did this all start and how did you kind of decide that you wanted to undertake this? Well, I used to be on a, a website, uh, it's called the Route 42 and it was, it was in college when I wasn't, uh, at one point, I wasn't really too excited about the um, feedback I was getting. And I found this, there was this like secret uh, design message board that was like all these like 20, like 18 to, to like 23 year olds that were posting their work and giving each other feedback. And you had to like be accepted by uh, my friend, uh, Ben Barry, uh, who he was running the whole, the whole show. And, and it was just a message board, you know, but it, but it was because it was private, people acted differently on it and were, were more open about it. Uh, that sense of community that, I mean, I, I made so many connections on that website as people that I'm still like friends with these days. Uh, and eventually it kind of just fell apart as like all communities do, but uh, online communities, I guess. But um, I, I guess, you know, Twitter kind of took over at the, at the time. And then Twitter, it's almost like that is, I, I was kind of like losing interest in, in, talking to people on there. And I was like, how can we get the animation community together? And how can we talk about important things that no one talks about um, rather than just like doing blog posts? Like let's let everyone talk about it. So it was like the inspiration of my old message board days and the fact that there was nothing like it for our community. That That's really where, where it came from, I guess. So, I mean, you've got this, this idea. How did you go about then building it, I mean, turning it into reality. Uh, well, I have, so the, uh, the U-Log was uh, a collaboration with Wondersauce, which are my buddies that run a, at the time they were a small digital agency. Now they're massive. They have multiple uh, offices and stuff. But uh, so once they were super excited about U-Log because they were, they were new and they wanted to like get involved with just fun projects on the side. And then when mixed parts came about, they they were pretty much too too big for it. So, but I, I actually worked with a designer and a a developer who were uh, staff at Wondersauce, and they sort of did it, they did it on the side with with me. Uh, so it was the same uh, it was the same designer who uh, worked on uh, Ulog. Uh, his name's Rob Young, and Joshy Fishbean is the developer. And so we kind of just got together and made it happen. Wow. That's my, so how long did it take kind of, you know, start to finish to kind of complete, I guess? Uh, it actually, it actually might've, might've taken like almost a year because we, we, we went down a path of using a template, uh, for like the back end, but, and then it just, that didn't work. So we had to like scrap it and we, we did a beta test with like 30 people and there were all these issues and we were like, all right, we got to start over. And we, we kind of understood better, like what people were going to how people were going to use it uh, and what we needed to do. So we just built it from the ground up on, on WordPress. Oh, wow. It's built on WordPress. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that, I think that's like a, a, a regular thing. If it's not going to be like uh, hundreds of thousands of people, it's like, it's, it's a small, smaller community. So we don't need anything more powerful than that. Uh, so that, that's been working so far. 
Yeah, and you, you, the way you kind of rolled it out is you've kind of given out invites over time. And so have you, like, has your goal kind of always been to keep it kind of contained in a manageable size? Yeah, I, I'd like to grow it. Uh, I'd like to start letting more open about uh, people coming on and stuff. I, I do fear for uh, spam or people, like, abusing it and stuff like that. Um, I guess the next move would really be to, to get a dedicated manager to, to, or like admin, whatever, to like kind of work on that. If anyone's interested, hit me up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, because of the move recently, I, it, it's almost like it's been on hold a little. Uh, yeah. I think it's still got to figure out, I got to figure out what to do, what, where to go with it next. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the things I was kind of curious about. Like, is do you have any kind of future future plans for mixed parts? Uh, yeah, it, a lot of it's just like theory, like concept ideas that may or may not happen. Uh, I'd like to do more events. I threw a party for the Ulog last year, which was really fun. So I'd like I'd like to do more of that. Uh, that obviously takes a, a ton of time and money, so it's it's difficult difficult. Actually, in, in New York, I was looking for a venue to do like a, a little mixed parts event. And uh, there was, unless I charged $100, there was no way to make it for, uh, be feasible with the, how expensive New York was. Um, I, haven't re- I haven't really looked into LA. And I don't really know enough people out here to really promote it yet, too. So that, that's another thing that, that might make it a little difficult. But, um, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one thing I'd like to think about. Uh, uh, and then just kind of, adding more features and making it easier for people to, to have these conversations that need to be had and continuing the, the ask me anything. I think that that's one of my favorite things about it. Try to get like, uh, you know, bigger, bigger people who uh, have a lot to offer that people that might not have access to in uh, other situations. Oh, totally. So I'm curious, do you have any plans for any monetization at all in the future? Because, I mean, obviously having having an administrator and being able to grow things, I mean, this takes your time and, and, and in that sense, in your money. Um, yeah, do you have any plans in that regard? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to eventually add a job board to it. Um, and then uh, so like studio runners can would pay to post their uh, – post their jobs. That's like the a simple way that's kind of, I mean, that's how motionographer makes money. And I'd like uh, eventually may, maybe sponsored ads if we can grow big enough right now, it's, it's not big enough. And I don't think um, it would be worth it to an advertiser. Uh, but if we did do that, it would be, it would have to be uh, something related and something, something that like the, the users would be interested in. Like I wouldn't want to post like a, I don't know, Dollar Shave Club or something like that. It would have to be about like an animation school or, you know, something like that. So that, that that's two ideas. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not a costless uh, affair. You know, it's, we got to pay for hosting fees and all this stuff. Totally. Yeah. And obviously time as well. No, definitely. So are you just kind of fronting this as, as kind of your own just personal project for now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So kind of looking forward for you personally in in your career i mean you've you've kind of assembled these these huge community efforts and and you've um started essentially what are startups and but you've got obviously you're an incredible animator and designer so like where where are you kind of hoping that you're going to take this moving forward i don't know it always comes back to the work and that just doing great work and 
getting better and bigger clients or bigger projects. Right now, like the thing that interests me is uh, almost like doing like murals and stuff like that. Or like uh, I'm I, I'm trying to to get involved with the. There's like a Third Street district that I live right right near. It's like a shopping district, and I'm I'm, I'm actually talking to someone on the board about doing murals or uh, various other things that could benefit the community. And that that's really interesting to me. And then maybe that will lead to something else. But uh, the Hollywood thing is pretty interesting, but I'm like, you know, it's one of those things like if it happens, great, but I'm not, I, like if I like I, having my own show or something, for example, on Cartoon Network would be, I mean, that it's something that like would be cool, but it's not, it's not something that I'm like putting all my, like I'm not gunning for it, I guess. So there's, there's, I don't know, you know, it's weird. It's like, where, where, where do you, where do you want to go? You know, <laughs> or you go, uh, I, I'm going to start interviewing you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go down that, that rabbit hole too far, but it seems like it's, it's wide open. I mean, like I, I definitely don't personally don't want to like stick. I don't want to do just, just animation. I don't want to be just in, in motion design studio um you know working on a game and and we're doing um more unity stuff more and more and more and and i and i think i kind of i don't know i feel that pull to explore i I think a lot like you do in into different uh and new directions as as much as possible um i think a lot of that comes with skill development and just trying to learn uh, I don't know, learn new things, learn as much as I can. So is, is there anything that you're, you're learning right now, looking to get better at? Well, the, I guess the mural thing come, comes from, I want it like large scale drawings as it's interesting. And it's also like, besides going out and tagging a wall, like how, how did, I don't even know how you get good at drawing things big, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, it's just like one of those weird things where I'm like, like I would, the other day I was just drawing on a giant piece of cardboard. Uh, and I just like, wanna, I don't know. I, I'm like, how do you, how do you get good at this? I guess I need, I need an art studio for one to, to start doing that. But, uh, uh, that's something I like, I, I, that's really interesting to me right now. Um, so when, when it comes to your process, as far as drawing, do you, do you do a lot of like pencil sketching or do you like have a Wacom or something? For client work, I usually just go straight to the, um, Cintiq and just draw everything in Photoshop. Uh, sometimes just on a pad, just kind of getting away from the computer. Um, I guess it, all, it always depends on the, the timeline if I, if I need to do it quick, quickly or if I have some time to think about it. As far as like frame-by-frame frame stuff go, are you in, you in After Effects? Are you doing Photoshop stuff or any Toon Boom or anything like that? Photoshop and, and After Effects. Okay. They kind of go back, go back and forth. It's, like a, it's, like, it's never the same thing. It's like sometimes I'll animate straight in Photoshop or sometimes I'll start in Photoshop and then go to After Effects and other times it's After Effects, then back to Photoshop and then back to After Effects. Kind of, it's just that like combo. That's, uh, I feel really comfortable in, in both, but I don't, feel, I don't feel that comfortable in only using one, which is weird. It's like, I wish they were just the, the same program. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, man. That would be so great. So as far as like when, when a new project kind of comes your way, I mean, it, you already talked a little bit about sending out kind of like customized, you know, templates for, um, maybe the, the type of work that they might be looking for. Um, but what's kind of your, your kind of starter, your kind of way, way into projects with new clients. When it's like a, a editorial or like more of a brand, like a branding illustration job, I always try to do rough pencil sketches to get the concept down. 
uh, and they, they kind of I kind of, they kind of have an idea of what the final is going to look like anyway. So that's that's how I approach that. But then it's weird because in in animation they always want style frames. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's been times where I've like presented pencil sketches and they're like, "What? What is this? Why are you showing me this?" <laughs> I'm like, "No, it's like like we got to get the idea down, and then and then we'll make it look pretty." You know? I don't know. Uh, so I try. I do try to always do pencil sketches first in that in that sense. Cool. So do you like kind of rough, you know, do storyboards throughout the whole piece and then move to style or you kind of present them simultaneously? For the Marshall McLuhan thing, for example, the style, I actually, I posted this on motionography. It was just like, they wanted look-see, but I wanted to like evolve it. So I was like, what if, what if we did looks that the look-see look, uh, halftone patterns to, you know, to represent media and everything. Uh, and they were like, yeah, that's great. And that was that was kind of it. So I, then then I went straight into pencil sketches to try to get the concept down. So I didn't. And then once they approved all that, then I, I'm not sure if I showed them design frames. I, it might have just been animation tests because it was kind of a it was like a hard thing to explain. You know, it was like very much. I think a lot of my work it needs to be animated for them to be excited about it. Yeah, that's such a that's such a tough thing because then it can be risky too. If you get too far into animation and they don't like it and want to go a different way, I know. Yeah, no, I I, I totally hear that. I think uh, it was a low budget, so uh, you know, you um, I'm sure you you do this as well. I kind of approach that differently, where you're not. It's like I'm not gonna cater to your every need because you're, you're, the budget's not like six figures or something crazy like that. So are you working from home these days or are you kind of looking to expand out into your own studio space? From home right now, it's, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, the apartment we got in California, is, it's big enough to have, uh, it's a two bedroom, so I can kind of just make the second bedroom my own little studio. Uh, in, in Brooklyn, I had a space that I shared with some people and that was, that was awesome because uh, you kind of you just learn a lot just by being around other talented people. Uh, so I do I do miss that a little and like getting lunch with people. But um, but there's something nice about waking up and just taking your time and not having to commute anywhere and and you can you can stop like when my wife comes home from work I I stop working and I hang out with her for a little bit and then then I get back go back into the studio after dinner and work a little more. So it's like, I don't need to be on a strict schedule and I can kind of uh, be a little more flexible that way. And I, I really like that a, a lot. That's good. I mean, that's, it's tough. I feel like I've, I've tried working from home a few times and every time it seems like, man, I, it's so hard for me to turn it off. Do you ever feel like you have an issue with that at kind of the end of the day when it's time to be done? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it's because I can walk out of the room and shut the door. Yeah. It's like, it's like that's the work area. This is the living area. Uh, maybe it's. It also could be just because it's new, and maybe in a couple of months I'll start going crazy. <laughs> Hopefully, very possible. Very possible. Yeah. yeah. The pro- the problem is like it's, I live in West Hollywood, and my friends that kind of have studios are further east, like in in like Chinatown and Echo Park and stuff. So I, if I were to kind of get a studio with them, I'd have a horrible commute, which is a, a little unfortunate, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really looked around into it. Maybe there's a closer one. 
So, I mean, kind of getting into that work-life balance a little bit, I, for, for your Look CU project, um, you took a little, what you called a work vacation. Uh, could you maybe talk a little bit about that? And uh, I'm, I'm really curious about that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to get out of New York for February. I was like, well, why don't I go to LA for the month? And then I'm like, well, if I'm going to be there for a month, I might as well do something uh, productive. And so then I was like, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do until like a week before I, I left for the trip, which was kind of cool. I was like, uh, I was like, I'm going to plan a month in a warm place and just focus on one project that's my own and see what happens. Uh, and then there were like just a bunch of I- ideas I was kind of sketching out, and I was like, well, this would work for a film, so I might as well, might as well just make a, a new film. Uh, yeah, and that's that's, that's kind of what I did, and I, I came out. Uh, spent a little time in Lake Tahoe uh, before I came here for like a weekend and then stayed with my friend Seth and then I got an Airbnb in Echo Park for a couple weeks and it was great. It was uh, easy to focus and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, did you, so did you like kind of clear your schedule a little bit? Because I know that that can be kind of tricky as a freelancer, just like jobs come out of nowhere sometimes. I'm trying to remember if anything, any big jobs came up that I turned down. I think February is usually like a, a pretty slow month. So that, that was part of the reason why I picked February. And anything that came up, I was kind of just, it wasn't interesting enough for me to take on. So I kind of, uh, anything that came up, I kind of just turned down. But I'm sure if, if like a really cool job came along, I probably would have, I probably would have taken it. Out, not going to lie. Sometimes you got, I think that's the, the flexibleness of freelance. You got to kind of have to put whatever you're doing on hold if something worthwhile comes along, right? Yeah, totally. Um, well, we, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. So the first is who is your dream client? Dream client would be the natural history museum. Oh, all right. Yeah. Why is that? Like what, where is that by the way? Uh, well, there's one in New York and one in LA. I'm not sure if it's the same, same one, but, uh, I think it's like a combo of highbrow, lowbrow. It's like interesting for adults, but kids love it too and then there's something about just i don't i don't know uh, uh, doing a, a museum exhibit and like crazy animation on screens and maybe i don't know that that's like something that's pretty interesting i don't i don't know if that was is anything i would ever get a chance to work on uh in in my situation but it it would be pretty cool yeah that'd be incredible all right next question your favorite animated film uh of all time cheesy but peter pan i think i mean just like growing up as a kid that was just that was always the one all right next question what do the people you love think that you do for a living uh they they get it they know what i do i'm like my mom's with it Uh, yeah they uh and my sister works in advertising okay cool um back in new york yeah i'm I'm like on long long island she like does account management stuff so she she kind of understands it nice that's good. That's awesome. All right, last question. What animal did you choose for your animalator and why? To be honest, I was just like, oh, it'd be cool to just animate some patterns on a... <laughs> there's no, there no like conceptual thought behind it beyond, beyond that. And I was like, well, uh, maybe a zebra or a chameleon. So if, if either of those haven't been done, then no, no, that's what I'll No do. zebras. No zebras. Okay, cool. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Well, sweet. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Hey. 
Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Daniel and his work at his website, somethingsavage.com, or follow him on Instagram at somethingsavage. I also highly recommend you check out Yulog at watchulog.com. And of course, please check out Mixed Parts. Just go to mixed.parts. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and that helps more people find this show. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Animation.